Hello and welcome aboard the Battleship Retention. I am Tyler Smith and thank you for listening. David uh, is not here. This is uh, the week that he is away uh, in Comic-Con. Um, admittedly, we're recording away in advance, but whatever. Uh, so uh, we don't really, I don't really have anything for the top of the show except to let everybody know or re- remind you rather that uh, we do have a Patreon and there are now three tiers. There is the, there is Swabby. There's Petty Officer and Admiral. Okay, so Swabby is the $2 a month, and for that you get one bonus episode per month. $5 gets you all the bonus episodes every month, so that's four uh, every month. Uh, And then, but both of those are audio only. Admiral comes along and that gets you everything. Audio, video, uh, past episodes, the whole thing. So uh, be on the lookout for that, and uh, it helps support the show, and you get some fun content. Um, a thing that we've been doing uh, every month since we started that is uh, we will pick uh, a year at random and we will select our five favorite films from that year. So uh, that episode should be posting, I think, yeah, uh, this coming week. So uh, be on the lookout for that. I think we're talking about uh, 1972, which is a very exciting movie year. But enough of that. We are here with a guest, he's a, an actor, a comedian, I like to think a general iconoclast. Uh, wow. <laughs> I, try to, I try to build up. Keep when I'm going, Tyler. Yeah. <laughs> how, how far can you go with it? Uh, diplomat, I ah. guess we could go, ambassador. Um, so yeah, it is uh, <laughs> Jamie Costa. Jamie, how you doing? I'm doing great, Tyler. All right, okay, so a little peek behind the curtain. Jamie and I have known each other for a very, uh, at this point, a very long time. Um, just, uh, I think when you first moved here, you mm-hmm. happened to move in with friends of mine. Right. And so, uh, and then just kind of weaving in and out of each other's lives every once in a while. Anytime I would see you, and then there was a long stretch where I hadn't seen you for a while, and in between, a few Star Wars movies had come out, including Solo, which we'll get to in a minute. Yeah. Uh, and so it's always like, oh, because I think of you as kind of uh, my Star Wars guy mm-hmm. for a number of reasons. But uh, but yeah, so I, I always thought like, okay, we should definitely have him on the show for many reasons uh, that I think will be will prove to be very entertaining for the listener. So, uh, Jamie, yes, I know about you. Certainly everything. I certainly haven't forgotten where you're from. Uh, so you should tell the listeners. for the, Again, I know. Yes. But the listeners don't. So you should tell them, where are you from? What's your story? Hello, listeners. I'm going to go Charleston. that low. Move into the mic, <laughs> listeners. <laughs> Brace yourselves. <laughs> um, I'm from Charleston, South Carolina. Okay. Good old southern boy. Yeah. Um, I don't know how long you want to go with my journey, but I made my way out here four years ago and uh, dabbled in theater and whatnot before that. And then, yeah, started getting in viral videos and then um, started to hop in short films and take my career a little more seriously on the industry side and play with everything involved with acting, um, doing videos for online and Mm -hmm. doing producing with learning some stuff from film school and... Um, yeah, voiceover, on screen, theater, you name it, been trying to play with it all. And right, so, you know, 
in the continuity of what's going on right now, when this episode is airing, you mm-hmm. are also down uh, at Comic-Con. Yep. Representing uh, something. What, explain what it is. Yes. So an animation uh, that got the attention of Lucasfilm, a uh, fan film uh, animation got the attention of Lucasfilm, I think a year and a half ago, two years ago. And it's really fun. It's a really good job. Uh, the guy does live action uh um, stop motion mm-hmm. animation. Um, oh, I love that. Stuff. Bringing yeah, it's very yeah. cool, very magical to watch. Um, bringing Star Wars characters to life, um, and it celebrates in a very cute form, if you will, um, Star Wars mm-hmm. and, and the celebration of it, and with toys um, coming to life uh, with with a family. Um, but yeah, and then uh, he started doing another one, and he, ha- he finally noticed old James and. <laughs> And I actually got to loan a. <laughs> that sounds like he was hitting on you. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, hey, oh, hello, James. I'm over here. <laughs> um, but no, it was really cool to uh, get asked to read for some parts on his new one. Um, and he's part of the convention and stuff like that. Um, got his own spots and whatever. Anyways, um, so yeah, I got to go play several roles, oh, uh, several yeah. fun uh, Star Wars characters. Uh, various versions uh, for his his newest animation and um, established Star Wars characters. Yes, established. Like, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nothing <clears throat> like um, they're coming up with a new thing just for this. Right. Right. Yeah. Very very celebratory. Okay. Yeah. So uh, now you mentioned that you've you know you were in South Carolina doing various uh, performance type things. Uh, tell us a little bit about how you got started acting and performing really at all um you know i assume it probably happened and started in i'm gonna say middle school or high school that's usually the case maybe younger for you (laughs) well shock your world Uh, yeah (laughs) it was not till later um i mean i was always you know cutting up and stuff like that and everyone's like oh you got such a knack for it you're such a ham (laughs) but didn't really play into because you were hanging out with paul lind all the time exactly (laughs) you're such a cut up (laughs) yeah and yeah i didn't really take anything serious or try for it or really test anything out um until later um and then and that was in college i did Mm -hmm. like maybe one or two church plays i think way back and um but yeah, and then in college, I was like, man, it was like my second, yeah, it was like a, a new college. I had already gone through a military college uh, for a period of time. And before that, yeah, I know. I, I love seeing these looks. That Tyler's is, giving me fun looks. That is, There's a lot Tyler actually doesn't know. Yeah, that's true. I did not know that, uh, you know, you're a, a killing machine. I was. I was gun-ho. Um, but <laughs> they threw you out for being too violent. Yeah. And oh, I, I did actually most of, of high school at a military boarding school. Oh, I got wow. sent off. Um, so I have that, that whole side of, of my story as well. But, yeah. But, which is funny because having gone through all that, it was hilarious to, to finally like make the jump to doing theater and, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Because, you know, it's just totally different than what I was kind of going yeah. towards. Because theater and acting, all that, seemed very, 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 very far-fetched and fantastical. Yeah. Um, it just didn't seem real, especially coming from you know, Charleston, South Carolina. Sure. You aren't really encouraged with the hope of that Yeah, um, being something real. But anyways, long story short, I went did um, go to North Greenville University after a while, um, <clears throat> wind up there, and then uh, dabbled into theater and gave it a shot, and then got some scholarship and met up with all the guys doing YouTube videos and then played yeah. there and 
yeah, progressed. Um, and so I would say that for the most part now, I know that you have acted in various capacities, but I think that, you know, you mentioned that you showed up in some viral videos mm-hmm. and they're, I would say they're, it, it's based on your impressions oh, of, very. of celebrities. A lot like, of them. Yeah. So you, you are known primarily. I don't mean to put you in a box. I'm fine to ex, you know, go beyond that. I don't think it's but, putting me in a box. Okay. It, it'll be just the box that is. I mean, okay. it is what it is. So yeah. Uh, impressionist is primarily yeah. how you are known. Sure. Which is fascinating to We've had a number of voice actors on the show. Um, and one of them, Maurice LaMarche, uh, he does he does a handful of impressions. Um, but then he also, cre- you know, crafts characters. He also crafts That's my characters. car impression. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I wish you wouldn't engine. interrupt while I was talking. Uh, <laughs> but... Uh, you know, and so it's always fascinating to me when someone can do an impression because, in my opinion, in my opinion, like every person can do one impression. It might it'll be different for everyone, and it could be the an impression of like an uncle of theirs, yeah. and anyone that knows that person's like that's dead on. But like when it's celebrities, there is something. You know, in the '80s, there are a lot of like impressionists, and their shtick could be seen as somewhat like hacky. Yeah. Uh, but the imp- but up until the moment they did the impression. And then when they did it, right. people were like, I don't care what the setup was. This right. is a, it's, it is this transporting type thing. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. And so to me, my question <clears throat> is always, how on earth do you realize that this is a thing you can do? And at what point do you realize you can do it for a lot of celebrities? Because like, it could be a situation where a person's voice already has the same timber as the celebrity, so they feel like they could try it. But sure. uh, how you know? How did you get started doing this? Um, I mean, it's it's original origins, whatever. Mm-hmm. It came from just celebrating the films and characters I liked a lot, mm-hmm. and still does it whenever I really do them, um, just on the go with yeah. people and stuff like that. Um, it's that's why I've never really. <laughs> Surprise everybody and you. I mean, I've never taken them very seriously. I've enjoyed yeah. honing them at times. Right, right. And dabbling further with them um, and then marrying them um, into voice world or or, or even performing. Um, but, yeah. but I've never taken them too seriously. They've really just been, they've been from a very joyful place in my heart of, when I've watched those things on screen and really got affected by them. Yeah. Love watching Jack Nicholson in The Shining. I mean, I just get ignited. Gandalf, Robin Williams, yeah. these people, when I watch in these characters, I mean, I get so touched by them yeah. that the impressions came from being that touched by them yeah. and then wanting to relay that to people and celebrate them. Yeah. That, that's all my impressions are is a celebration. And certainly when you're younger and you're hanging out with friends, you know, sometimes it could be a, 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 a bit that you like a bit you saw in a comedy or something like that. But, you know, it's a constant relay of like, I just saw this thing and it was so funny. And then you try to and then you explain it to someone. Uh, and so if it is rooted in like, oh, but you understand, you don't understand like the way the actor did right. it. And then if you can actually mimic that to, with any degree of accuracy, right. uh, it's this really fascinating uh, experience for, for the listener. And they love, and they, and they connect with that. That's why yeah. 
I don't all the people on these social media accounts that I have or whatever. It's not as much fans as I feel like people that truly are like connected with a lot of them are yeah. there from the impressions and so yeah. it's a lot of it's connecting with the same source material either that I'm interested in or they just are like oh the way he did it is like what I remember yeah and it's something that I've noticed like when I see comments on on your videos like the ones that have gone viral and there have been times you know where I'll be part of a Facebook group and someone will share something and it's you yeah. I'm like hey I know who that is that's yeah. fun um, and the reaction it's interesting in a way, this could be seen as a good thing or maybe a negative thing. Like the people that that depending on the video, obviously, the Robin Williams one being a big one. Um, and certainly after he passed away, that that kind of solidified some stuff. But like people would say he's so great. And then the conversation would quickly turn into how great Robin Williams was. And it's like, well, I hate to say it. He's not actually the one you're watching. You're watching somebody do an amazing impression of Robin Williams. And so while I understand that it puts you in mind of this guy that you love, Let's have some appreciation for the guy that was able to put you that put it to again transport you to that place. But I guess maybe that's the idea is a, is when a, when impression is so good uh, that the person can't help but have a re have their love for the initial person reignited. Uh, I guess that's a mark of success. That's my mark. Okay. That's, I hope. I mean, I don't. I I just don't care. I don't care. <laughs> I don't care if people think they're good or bad. I yeah. I, I appreciate when they think yeah. they're great and I'm, oh, good job, Jamie. But to be honest, it's it literally is the, still the same thing when I do them. Is, right. It's just from a, a, I want us to be like, oh, yeah, remember that? Remember yeah. that part in that yeah. movie? I loved that. I loved, I walked right out of Pirates of the Caribbean just quoting Jack Sparrow. Yeah, oh, yeah. Because I loved them. And, and then it was fun for just whoever I was with. But that's why I just don't care how good they are or whatever. Right. Fortunately, they've, They've gotten me lots of opportunities. I love doing them for people. I love mm. doing them, but it, it, it's not as much of a of a concern. Like there's right. like this whole side of a lot of folks, you know, that really really like to like make sure, you know, like oh, is it perfect or is it not kind of thing. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, it's whatever at this point for me. <laughs> and I don't care. And it could come down to because yeah, I've I've. Uh, like I said, I've I've known comedians, I've known people that have done impressions, and every once in a while it's an impression that's like, all right, this one is definitely more meant to evoke than like really mimic. And it's like, all right, that's that's okay. Right. And and when it comes right down to it, it's like I was still put in mind of that person without this per without the performer even saying right. this is what I'm doing. Right. Um and when it comes right down to it, it's like, well, it's better than mine. Sure. So uh, what room do I have to judge? Um and so what was and maybe you can't even maybe you can't even trace it back in this way. What was like the first impression that you found you could do well? Again, it, it actually always came down to whoever's in the room. I mean, sure. it was just like as soon as I would do it with people, and I just my body would just contort to get it right. Yeah. So whenever it did get right, you yeah. know, people would let me know, and so like easily some of the first people I would imitate were like Robin and yeah. his various characters. Um, but also just, um, gosh, even sounds, even dinosaurs. I would, I did <laughs> T-Rexes. I mean, if you scour the internet, you can find me doing raptors and T-Rexes. And, um, I, cause I, I fucking loved Jurassic yeah. Park. Yeah, yeah, I did. I just, when I saw it for the first time, I was, it was magic. It really yeah. was. It was like, I want to be a part of that one day. 
I mean, in every capacity. Well, and it speaks to, you know, in, in uh, regards to, like, dinosaurs and stuff. I mean, <clears throat> they themselves, certainly in Jurassic Park, they're kind of characters oh, as very. well. And the noise they the noises they make which are often like a combination of like eight different existing animals yeah but it creates this really iconic thing like the t-rex roar in the original jurassic park one thing as much as i appreciate aspects of jurassic world one thing that fascinated me is like you didn't get the roar right yeah like it why not use that that one that just like you know how it goes like it almost goes a little high pitched at one moment it gives you those goosebumps a little yeah and in Jurassic World, they definitely got like the guttural thing, but they didn't get the little high pitched moment. And I was like, right. "Oh, I know that. I know the Rex is older now, but but there's even times yeah. in Lost World where they did the same one to make you go, yeah. remember, yeah, it's bad, it's good. <laughs> it, it's something. Uh, this is something that uh, I tell my students when when I talk about sound. We do, devote a week to sound, mm. and it's just like." You wouldn't think that with film or TV, I would say, um, you wouldn't think that sound would be quite so vital in a visual medium. But it's what sells, especially if it's a fantasy, and in the case of like dinosaurs existing in the same physical space as a person, that's fantasy. But something like Star Wars is fantasy. And and I said like, so I I asked my students, what what does a lightsaber sound like? And then someone, a brave student will volunteer and go, yeah. It's like, okay. And I said, like, is that, would everybody agree that that's what a lightsaber sounds like? And they said, yes. I was like, okay. They don't exist. That is a completely fictional weapon Tyler, that they tear had. us down. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, I'm, 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 I'm trying to kidding. talk about like the, the, the magic of film is that. Right. Is that you've created that. You've created this thing and. And it is. And the sound, there. you'd never heard it before because again, you, it doesn't exist. But when this, when they, hit that when they matched that sound right. with like when the lightsaber would, would wave around it's like well of course that's what it sounds like that's it why would I ever question it it makes it it's something that makes perfect sense precisely because you're not even thinking about it you just accept it but sometimes the sound is a little it doesn't feel right, right. and in that moment like it takes you out of the whole experience oh yeah <clears throat> but, especially yeah. these days it's funny you mentioned about Jurassic World because it's almost more important or should be even more stressed mm-hmm. for them to get that right because they're not they're not in 1991 or whatever it was getting it right with practicals heavily yeah, yeah. um and because we are getting that effect from from the practicals yeah. back then and then so we're accepting the reality and then we're just accompanied with brilliant yeah. sound so it's like when they're gonna do not as much these days you better at least just get the sound right so you can get yeah. tap on those feels yeah. you know when you see like a, a cgi foot land on like concrete or something yeah well the cgi foot's not there but the concrete is so the sound is what can like wed those two images and sell it uh, yeah. for us um but yeah so uh you know i'm reluctant to have you do any impressions because that feels uh <laughs> cheap on my part but what i will say is that um the impressions that you do one thing that i really like and i guess this is maybe the case with some some other impressionists as well but for somebody who does, you know, if somebody does uh, impressions that are almost purely vocal, they, and they, like voice actors, they might physicalize the impression, but they're not trying to mimic that. Right. And one thing that fascinates me is, you know, when I see your impression of 
George W. Bush, Robin Williams, and even someone like Harrison Ford. That to me is is what's most amazing is that, you know, George W. Bush had very specific mannerisms and then Robin Williams was could be very over the top. Right. Yeah. Uh, Harrison Ford is not that, but you come to realize everybody has mannerisms, but some people, for some people, it's just a little bit more subtle. So when an impressionist gets it right, you're like, oh my gosh, I didn't even realize that was a thing. Oh, that's um, always fun. I mean, people, there's so many people who I, recently, you'll see it on the internet all the yeah. time, people doing impression videos, and it is so fun <laughs> to see somebody just like pull out somebody like Kevin Spacey or something out of oh, nowhere, yeah. and you're like, how do you know yeah. you could do that? There was a guy, he has a show now, I think called Bosch, but he was on Deadwood and he, uh, on like the, the DVD special features, but you can also find it on, uh, on YouTube. Uh, he did a thing where he was, he just did a series of impressions and it's just like, okay, here's Pacino, here's Christopher Walken, here's sure, Rob yeah. De Niro. It's the ones that you, you, you're used to certainly by now. And then he does Robert Duvall. Now, Robert Duvall is my favorite actor. That's so fun. And I think of Robert Duvall as something of a ch uh, chameleon. Like, he can he can play Joseph Stalin, or he can be in The Apostle. You know, it's it's all over the place. Uh, and he actually, he's not called upon to give, to do his normal voice very often. Right. He's, he plays Southern guys so often that you kind of, you could be forgiven for thinking that's his actual voice, but it isn't. Right. And so, when you hear him actually talk, it feels not bland, but it feels, you know, pretty subtle and not, it's not Robert De Niro, you know? Right. Then Titus Welliver does the impression of him just with his normal voice. And you're like, I had no idea <laughs> that Robert Duvall was that, had that many, yeah, did that, had that many uh, uh, mannerisms. mannerisms and yeah. such. And it's fascinating. And to me, like, there's a, so you were in a Han Solo fan film, mm -hmm. uh, the name of which was what? Han Solo, A Smuggler's Trade. A Smuggler's Trade, and you played? Han Solo. Han Solo. Now, this is, you know, this is before uh, Solo, uh, A Star Wars Story. Yeah. Um, and I remember uh, there was a low-level internet campaign to have you play the, the part. And uh, I thought that would be awesome. Um, and uh, and I remember I saw you at a party shortly after Solo came out. And I was like, well, of course, I have to assume you saw it. Yeah. And what did you think? And that sort of thing. Um, but, yeah. Uh, was Harry, again, like going back to the mannerisms, in a way, I wish this was a video podcast because you can get, I know you can get the voice down, but there are little things like, the smirk, like there's a Harrison Ford smirk that I don't think I even realized existed until I saw it mimicked. <laughs> Some things I don't even realize existed until I sure somebody points them out in comments or like I rewatch it or something, you know, yeah. of myself, you know, and I, I go, oh, that's funny. It is like that, you know, like, yeah, because literally it's kind of subconscious when I do them for the first times um, where you just you just dump your brain of whatever you're thinking of him mm -hmm. of them and then. And then, yeah, people then start to point out, oh, man, yeah. you get that little thing right or that right or, yeah. you know, his laugh or whatever. But they, it, when I originally do impressions and stuff, it's usually I'm just dumping kind of subconsciously what I've already right. soaked up from them. So it is fun yeah. to, like, kind of catch it on my end as well. <laughs> and um, so you did mention the idea of honing yeah. an impression. You know, because I do think some people just have a natural talent for mimic mimicry. Sure. 
And I think a lot of people are content to just stop there. But if you're going to really do an impression, if that's how you're going to be known, as you are, it's like, okay, I'm. there are now details that I'm not picking up on immediately yeah. and not easily, which mean, but they're there. They're absolutely there. So I now need to work. How do you even begin to work on honing an impression? Mostly whenever I was doing them a lot, mm -hmm. which was just a lot of fun on Vine. It was just kind of a fun exercise to come home and improv a bit, you know, with just six and a half seconds of yeah. character or characters talking to each other, but, um, and crazy scenario. But yeah, it was just like, I don't know, the more you, you watch an interview, the more you, yeah. you go, it would, it would happen. Uh, whenever I'd come out of a movie, I would be like sure. kind of psyched on that character. Or if we, if you and I started talking, you know, Robert Shaw or something like, <laughs> man, it just starts to dig at me of what I loved about that person or character. Yeah. And then I, then, I mean, I, my focus kind of comes in and it's, it's scary. I will tell you right now, it's scary when I watch a Robin film. Yeah. I, I don't watch him a whole lot right now. Mm -hmm. um, I'm in and out. Uh, but, no. but when I do, it's like, man, I, I can come off hot, if you will, right off of these, these experiences. Um. So I do want to talk a bit about Robin Williams, because more so than any of the other impressions, it's certainly, I think, the one you're best known for. But beyond sure. that, when talking to you, it seems to be the one that you're most passionate about. And in, in some cases, yes, because he passed away young and because we grew up with his films, that's un it's understandable. But you do seem to feel a certain degree of, of kinship with Robin Williams, sure. having never met him, I would assume. Yeah, never met him. Yeah. I mean, weird that I, two days later or a day later after he passed, cried on my way to a shoot. I was hmm. just driving, it was North Carolina, yeah. I remember, I was driving to Asheville. And it just, I just got hit. Yeah. I was just like sad, and it, because it was something I think that the way he touched many people um, yeah. without actually ever meeting uh, meeting them, and it was I think it was because he was so vulnerable on screen. He was yeah. just so something behind those eyes, you know. And it was just it was just it touched you, uh, his performances and stuff. It is interesting because. Um those that have done impressions of him, they play up the essentially like the genie or the Good Morning Vietnam, the sure. very loud, manic Robin Williams, which is obviously a part of him, <clears throat> um, <clears throat> and something that I'm sure he. Uh, and so it's you know you look at that and you don't immediately think of him as vulnerable, but then his his ability to sort of strip things away, and I'm not actually a big fan of Dead Poet Society, but stuff like. Awakenings. Yeah. Um, I think I really like his performance in that. Oh, yeah. I adore Insomnia. Oh, yeah. Oh, man, he's great in that. But, like, you know, Goodwill. Goodwill Hunting, like, just these really small performances yeah. in which he's really tuning into the character. He's able to remove parts of what, you know, like when you have a persona, I have to assume it's so easy to just lean on that. Yeah. And so to move that to to remove that for yourself and say I'm not going to let that come into my performance, it's it could be scary I'm sure. And so uh, those are some of my favorite parts with people. Yeah, doesn't matter who it is. Michael Douglas and falling down. Yeah. Harrison Ford and uh, regarding Henry. Oh, it, yeah. Just when he when they play, obviously challenged versions of themselves. Yeah. You know, it's just fun. Yeah, Michael D Michael Douglas is someone that I. Uh, like in the 80s and 90s, I guess there was like romancing the stone, but <laughs> it's just like, so you want me to play, like I, I imagine like when he gets the part for falling down, he goes, so is my character 
like rich and sleazy. No, Michael, not this time. He goes, okay, um, but I can go back to rich and sleazy after this, right? Absolutely. Oh, yes. Okay, because that's the plan. I'm going to do that <laughs> for about 12 straight years, if that's okay. And then Kendall, what was it, the one he did recently? The Candelabra. Behind the Candelabra. Yeah, oh my God. I, I, which that I, was great. Which I didn't see, but it's always nice. That's a situation where you kind of feel like, okay, I know what Michael Douglas is capable of. Right. And then an act, or, and you can say that with any actor, especially when they've been around for a while. Yeah. And then they surprise you, and you're like, oh yeah, I forgot. He's well, an actor. He can act. And Heath Ledger, when he just, just yeah. <laughs> made us all crap in our pants with excitement. I, mean, I was just like, I bit my tongue so bad. I mean, I, I watched the trailer for that. And, and thought, eh. and, and and thought it was going to be a terrible joker, and then he ends up being one of my favorite things I've seen on screen. And it's it's just that I love the surprises. I live yeah. for surprising, by the way. I yeah. love that. Yeah, it's it's something be, in being a in being a teacher, which is still a relatively new development in my life. Um, being able to surprise students who. Yes. Frankly, they're not even film students. Like this is a film class in a sociology department, and so they're just taking it for the credit because they seem they think it'll be an easy class. Right. And then I do my best to fail all of them if I can to pr to you know teach them a lesson yeah. that life is hard and you don't get what you want. But hey, here's some movies. Yeah. I'm joking, of course. I want to try. I want everyone to succeed. Um, I took his class. It's true. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I have been told that the final that I should, I, I think I might need to rewrite my final. Um, <laughs> because despite it being open note, people still don't do great on it. Um, so, uh, but one thing, but it is fun. Like, you know, younger people, they have an idea of, uh, young people in general, ca I would say casual movie fans have an idea of what movies are. And it's usually limited to very mainstream things. And then you show them even just a very basic analytical uh, tool or something yeah. like that. Just about like, hey, here's camera angle and what it can tell us about characters. As he, it, like a lower angle. Here's uh, why you might like this movie. Exactly. And uh, and it's, it's very satisfying when you see a kid like, smile like out of surprise like oh my gosh I never thought of that uh, I do that, that when I listen to you and oh. other movie reviewers oh, and stuff you. like that I mean it is it's true that's I. That's why I get a kick with movie critic stuff because I've learned a lot yeah. period from filmmaking acting all kinds of things structure yeah um, and yeah just talking with you and hearing from you on your podcast everything um, I, I, I learn a lot in that same way that you're mm -hmm. describing um and I'm a little more open-minded for hearing things <laughs> sure. out uh, yeah. versus my college and high school days when I was, I just thought I was so right about everything. I think that may, my, that might be the situation is a lot of, again, like the students for the most, my students have been pretty great for the most part. Uh, but I, you know, you're 18, 19 and you, you're like, I'm out of high school now. I get it. Yeah. I get it. Uh, but yeah, you're I talking know about why like, that's good. Like Heath Ledger was, you know, this pretty boy. Yeah. And then broke back down and, and people are like, okay. There's something there. It's a you know, strong, silent type, certainly not the pretty boy character. Uh, but then you look at that, and it's miles away from his Joker performance. Right. And there are moments that I don't love his performance, but it might have more to do with just the way the character's written. Sure, sure. Um, but it certainly is a committed performance, if nothing else. Very, and just yeah. and again, just and what printed. he's doing. What was that? And printed. Some characters, sometimes, like, I didn't care for the recent Joker from... Um, Jared Leto? Yeah, and it may not be, it may be because we didn't actually see his full performances out there. Yeah. Because I think they cut a lot, but 
I, I just didn't think it was as printed as other versions we had seen. I just, mm-hmm. I wasn't sure if it was, a, like, if he knew how to, if he had a full suit yeah. he put on um, when he would put play. I, I honestly, there are things about his performance that I liked, and it just made me wish that the character had been allowed to develop more. But right. such is the case with every, with the exception of Wonder Woman, every DC movie that I've seen in the last few years, invariably it's like, oh, I like that. Oh, okay, we're not going to spend any time on it? All right. Oh, And then yeah. we just move on. Oh, like, yeah, that happens all the time. Even in these new Star Wars movies, <clears throat> there's a lot of that. Sure. And I'm like, well, I thought I was going to maybe like that character, but y'all didn't yeah. let it happen. And it's know? like, you know, there's a lot that I like about Last Jedi. One of the things that I like is Benicio Del Toro's character, but so much of it, like, they essentially just have him declare, like, thematic stuff, and then they say, okay, you're not going to reveal really anything about yourself or your motivation. You're going to be declaring theme, and we're going to rely on you, the actor, to make that work as as an actual character. And he mostly does, but more than anything, I just want more from that character and it just feels like and sort it's of probably mostly because he just is great and he can just show up and make you a, want more uh, yeah. versus yeah. what the script may have given him to work with yeah he's uh he's one of those actors that i find extremely watchable very partially because no matter the character like sometimes he plays characters that are dumb sometimes he plays characters that are smart or weak or powerful yeah. but reg- regardless he always suggests that there's a lot more underneath the surface and that he's just that the character just maybe not be may not be totally tuned into it but often is just like I'm not going to show you that why would I yeah I got to live in this life you know <clears throat> and uh, vulnerability is not going to work for me um which is why I think his character in traffic is so great because like yeah. this is a guy who's who keep play you know keeps his cards pretty close to the chest or vest I never remember <laughs> um but over the course, both but, in that movie, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but eventually, the film just breaks him down, and eventually, he just can't help but put just show everything to the audience. Um, so, and we will get to Star Wars in a moment. Don't you worry. Uh, <laughs> oh, I'm never worried. About that. Yeah. Um, so, one thing that I wanted to say is that about the your Robin Williams impression is that it's it's admirable because you seem to want to really engage with the actor on every level. So many people. If they realize they can do an, a Robin Williams impression, it's always the, and I'm going to do like a bad impression. It's always like, oh, oh, it's always that. And that's like, what they saw a lot of, you know, I think in SNLs and stuff like that. When yeah. He was imitated. Um, yeah. And, and that is part of who he is, but it's not all of who he is. And if you look at, and you don't have to go very deep into his filmography to find the smaller, more nuanced performances. Right. And so, <clears throat> you know. I imagine when you started doing Robin Williams, I imagine it started it with the big stuff and then you dialed it back a little bit. Maybe. I don't know. Because <laughs> I liked it all. Okay. So I'm sure, I mean, I, I mean, what was fun to quote with Fringe would yeah. not be as like... Sure, yeah, yeah. It's not your fault. It's not your fault. Mom, it's not your fault. <laughs> Give us a squinch. It um, is, uh, see, and the fact, <laughs> the fact that I just got to watch that like again like watching your face contort was fascinating do you feel like would you be able to do a purely verbal impression of Robin Williams or or is it now just so soaked into your whole body and your face that in order to do it you have to do all of it I don't know I don't know there's an answer to that I just I do know that 
it's it's an all in kind of factor. Like when yeah. I do any other character's impression or non, uh, <laughs> I if anybody's watching in the booth, I am doing something. Of course, yeah. I don't yeah. know why. I don't know yeah. what, but. <laughs> <laughs> For whatever reason, it's just helping yeah. the contortion of being yeah. that thing. Um, Which is pretty standard for most voice actors. Like, very few of them will just stand perfectly still and do it. And, you know, Mark Hamill's not just, like, super bored drinking coffee right. and the Joker's flying out of his mouth. Right. <clears throat> yeah, he's getting fully into it. Yeah. Um, and I think it helps you play in the space. Sure. For animation, of course. Because uh, you're... you're you know, you're having to help these animators out a lot of the times and yeah. kind of bring your creativity and just live in the space and hope it translates and gives them ideas. Um, and then, yeah, doing that, you just want to, I drop all my guards, so mm -hmm. I don't care. I don't know if I'm yeah. doing shit or anything, you know, like, yeah. I guess I can do an exercise where, like, I would try and, like, do, you right. know, characters, uh, Robin or whatever, without doing it. And I'm sure I could possibly do it, but it's just something I don't, you know, I don't. If you, just, if, it happens. If you're in a booth and doing a, a, a vocal performance, do you find that freeing? Because like, okay, they're only going to hear me. No one's going to see me, so that frees me up to maybe loosen up and just kind of let it go. Or do you just kind of have to be able to tap I'm, into that anyway? I'm a little more freer these days, just because I. Yeah. <laughs> it, if I'm doing like when I, I did a very, an animation that I the Comic Con one. Um, Doing Obi Wan Kenobi, like mm -hmm. it's just fun doing Obi Wan Kenobi, sure. And just living there with lines that are maybe close to home or something, but you know, just doing Obi Wan Kenobi is kind of fun. Yeah. Then doing it for like, say, a fan short coming up, for you know, where I'm wanting to do a little bit of spin to it, blend it, right. make it a re give the reality to it too. I'm not spending as much time giving a rat's ass if it's a really good impression it's just I want to marry as best I can what people are familiar with right. to a character and yeah. get the because the character I mean it, that's it that's, and that's even 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 when I do any character impression it's it's if, as long as, if I know more about that character if I've seen more interviews on YouTubes and stuff yeah. like that I'll know how to be those people in any of these situ situations yeah um, which just helps anything um, even how you say a line that maybe we've all heard over right. and over and over, but it could be said differently given wherever we're at in a scenario. Or, yeah, you know, it's like, ah. and so, so some a conversation you and I have had in the past, and certainly one that we've talked about on Battleship Pretension. When somebody like when you're watching a a biopic or something like yeah. that, you know, the, my go-to is always I think of these because they came out within a year of each other. There's Ray and there's Walk the Line. Oh, right, yeah. Uh, yeah, sorry. It's such a generic title. Uh, it's about Ray Charles. Jamie Foxx won the Oscar right, for it. Yeah. Um, he's doing a great, a great impression of Ray. Like, and not, like, not just physically, but also, like, and not even the timbre of his voice, but also cadence. I mean, it's, it's, yes. it is a perfect impression. But at the same time, and this might be the fault of the larger film as well, I don't feel like I really know what drives him. Whereas Joaquin Phoenix playing Johnny Cash, his vocal performance isn't that close. Sure. But I definitely get a stronger sense of what motivates him. Like, I feel like one is an inside out, one's an outside in. Mm -hmm. um, you got a sense of his character. I mean, you got... Yeah. I've watched that for the first time just recently. Mm. And yeah, I was thinking the same thing. You watch, yeah. you watch it and you, of course, your first 
you start you just measure them up. Yeah. But then you you lose that after a while if you're just watching a good story or good character yeah. unfold or whatever. And that's the thing is you know. I think Joaquin Phoenix approached it first as though like, and I, and I know that this is how Philip Seymour Hoffman played Truman Capote the following year. No, sorry. It was tw- say, also 2005, same as Walk the Line. Um, where he's like, I first wanted to just approach this as though he didn't actually exist. Yeah. And I just want to approach the script on its own and see what makes this guy tick. And only once I feel like I have some understanding of that, only then will I be like, okay, how does he talk? Sure. Now that might, now in the case of Capote, he's able to do both, but you know, that might not be that effective. If, if somebody's going into walk the line, wanting a dead on Johnny cash impression, I could see them being disappointed. But if you're going in wanting to engage with a character who happened to actually exist, I think you'll be much more satisfied. I know that I certainly was. And so, you know, in your case, specifically with the, the Han Solo film, and I, and you said that you're working on, um, an Obi-Wan Kenobi fan film. And these aren't just, a, a, this isn't just a six second Vine impression where you meant to evoke the person then move on. You know, you have to actually play these characters with actual emotional beats. And so, but you also, as you said, you have to hit the notes that the fans will recognize. And that I want. And the, yeah, yeah, because yes, it's, 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 I don't care. Like, I, 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 it's like, it's usually our best work is, is, is just, aiming for what we want to see out of sure. ourselves, you know, and what we desire, what we want. Um, and so, yeah, it's just pushing yourself to, to just try uh, to mm-hmm. get that, get as close to that mark as you can get. Um, and you got to prep, prep, prep. And then on the days, you just got to dump it and see where it lands and then yeah. hope that as we do in our career, we just end up getting better at whatever we do. Yeah. Um, and that's how you have to do anything, I think, in our industry. But, um, yeah, and that, and for Kenobi and Han and stuff like that, it's just like yeah, you can't hang on. You definitely can't think about it on the day. You sure, know? you have to just do all your your research, do all your work, all your digesting, and then uh, yeah, figure out the character and figure out how they'll play with these scenes and and open and just go in and jump in. Yeah, um, and hopefully you're creating moments and stuff. With the Kenobi one, I have to assume there's there has to be a fair amount of intellectualizing because we've seen now, I mean, I know I haven't seen clone wars. I don't know who did the voice for Kenobi and clone wars. James Arnold Taylor. Oh, okay. Yeah. I guess you would have to know that. Wouldn't you? Um, only because he also endorsed our fan film. Oh, there you go. It's just really like, (laughs) so cool. Uh, it's neat when someone that you admire likes your stuff too. Um, and then you're like, oh, I didn't even know you knew about our thing. Um, but uh, so, you know, obviously there was Alec Guinness. Right. And then Ewan McGregor, we know how he sounds. He's clearly trying to do, okay, what would Alec Guinness sound like young? Right. And so trying to do that while also making the character his own. So as you, you know, are playing... Uh, Obi-Wan Kenobi, mm-hmm. knowing that there we have two actors that have played him and it's a very specific cadence, did you say, I want to be more Alec Guinness, I want to be more Ewan McGregor, or did you decide, I want to try and blend the two and see what happens? It's calculated to a point, mm-hmm. and then I play with it and exercise it a little bit, and and then once you, you feel comfortable just hopping in, then yeah. yeah, sure. But it also comes down to, you're not, it's funny, like for any... I'm sure a lot of other like actors have said this about roles and so you're really just not 
even entirely there until the day. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you just, you do as best you can and try to digest and, and get what you believe is right for that. I mean, where I'm kind of coming from is like, okay, this is our story takes place about three years after, um, uh, Revenge, return, of, the Revenge of the Sith. And, and then, uh, you know, that 17 years prior to when we would see, uh, Kenobi yeah. and, and, has been Kenobi. And then, um, just no taking from what I know from those things, you know, just given my best guesstimate of a calculation yeah. and, and having fun with it. And, but yeah, just also making sure that you don't see that either, that you don't see yeah. this. Oh, he's, I can see he's trying that yeah. calculation out that he's yeah. trying to, to do 30% old and 70. Yeah. You know. uh, an old teacher of mine in regards to certain actors, the term he would use was, uh, I can see the strings. Okay. I can see that, like, specifically like, with, like, a marionette. Like, I can see someone making a decision to, like, oh, I will now do this. I will now choose to move like this as opposed to you see the actor and not the perform- the, the character. Bro, I got so humbled um, my first years of theater with uh, my, my theater uh, teacher. She would, she would just know when I was doing my monologue rehearsing in the in, in the mirrors uh, yeah and and it might work for other people but she sure as heck could tell i was using the strings i was doing yeah. these very immature you know yeah. things and uh, for 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 acting and she's stupid i mean i just got stopped in a monologue and, <laughs> and she would she just said stop stop i want you to take a couple of days hmm. approach it fresh and don't rehearse any of it in yeah. front of a mirror. And I, yeah. ooh, it got me so good. My heart went up. I was like, oh. She's like, yeah, I can tell. She's like, you're, I can just see it, you know, in your eyes and everything that you're trying to do your face and expressions and things and whatever at moments that you think it will work instead yeah. of just 101 acting, you know, and just being fresh with it, being live with it in the room and just how it would be in these moments that we're living in. Do you, as an actor, do you think there's such a thing as too much rehearsal? Yeah. Okay. It, depending on how you're rehearsing. If it's yeah, like, guess, yeah. If you're rehearsing over and over just to get the, the tech, technical aspects, you know, whatever. Um, but I am a fan of not rehearsing a whole lot. I, 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 I'm okay with rehearsing um, to get to figure things out, um, whether it's just character development yeah. with another actor and, and those characters and understanding those characters. Um, there's pros and cons, I'm sure, but, but I've, I've always been like, you know, let's rehearse a couple times so that yeah. you, you, but you tell me what it's like when we actually pull the trigger. Yeah. Because that's when we're living. That's when I, I'm not a robot. I yeah. promise I'm not going to be a robot. I will not allow myself. Then that's what I loved about Robin. It's a it's a thing I actually took over into anything I do. Um, it's not an impression thing. It's literally it's just it's a very good habit, which is you just come fresh. You don't do yeah. anything the same. You just you come fresh each take. Yeah. And his you know he that meant he would improvise a lot with lines, but that didn't always he didn't he worked with a lot of directors that made him go strictly on the yeah. on the script so he would have to do that in various ways i have to assume christopher nolan didn't let him cut loose that much i know there are one or two ad-libs in there but oh, with insomnia i feel like 
it was like you got to we we've written this character a certain way and you got to play him that way. And I bet if I were a betting man, I bet Robin tried very hard not to show off oh, too sure. much with that the lines and stick to because he probably gauged Nolan. Yeah, I'm saying all this because he. From my research on Robin, he really, really wanted to play a Batman villain for years. Lost it a couple times. I know he, uh, he would be given it, and then he was lose shooting it. for the Riddler. I know that for he, a while. He, I, he had, I believe, he had the Riddler. He had Joker in both of those uh, films, and for the for the Jack Nicholson one and the Jim Carrey one, and and then they would they opted to go with the yeah. hotter guy for, at the time who yeah. was on top. Uh, with their film and stuff. And hotter just in general. That oh, Jack yeah, Nicholson. Just the oh, man. He gets <laughs> <laughs> and, and there was no, I don't think he was any beef. I think they all of them respected yeah. and loved each other. But he was very just craving uh, a villain, a Batman villain. Um, so I bet he was trying. I I heard nasty rumors like he wanted, I think he was even in talks for like Hugo Strange or something. Oh, like, sure. Inversions for Nolan at some point. But I bet he was trying very hard to be on his best behavior for, to show for Nolan. Yeah. You know, like, please <laughs> put me in one. Yeah, it's... It I'll is, adapt. Uh, I won't be Robin-y. I'll be very whatever you are. Well, and he was in, uh, I mean, Insomnia was in this section of his career where Death to Smoochie, he's the villain, but he's still very much himself. One hour photo. Right. And Insomnia, he's really dialing it back. And what's interesting is Robin Williams had, when he's doing, when he's using just like a quiet voice, there's an odd quiver in his voice that makes, that works great for villains. It makes, it's like, I believe that, like, it's, I won't say scary, but it's definitely disturbing. I got disturbed even with August Rush. His character. I didn't see it. God, yeah, he is like a weirder, villainy kind of hmm. guy. He's kind of like a, in charge of the orphans and having them do his bidding, kind of. Oh, okay. In that, in that film, and um, and yeah, it's just a a character that's not very happy, Robin. Yeah. But you're like, ooh, you get to me. I got a little bit like uneasy the how well he could get there. Yeah. You know, and I was just like, yeah, I don't. I liked it, but I hated it. It's and that's that's actually the neat thing is in a way as an actor if you restrain yourself and for someone like Robin Williams who his whole career early on was built on not on just putting everything out there yeah. so to restrain yourself it can actually look more menacing like if he had played an over the top villain and just and just yells everything as opposed to just hinting at the anger hinting at the uh, disturbing elements uh, God, I think it actually it can be more frightening. Like that that moment of anger in Goodwill Hunting. Not that he's the villain. But oh like, yeah, you're that right. moment oh. of anger. You're like, oh, I haven't seen this really up. from him before. Yeah. Um, and it's and you know uh, he won the Oscar for that role. And I'm not 100 percent sure if I would have if I'm okay with that. Not because of his performance, but because that was a strong year for Best Supporting Actor. Sure. Um, yeah. But it's still a great performance. Yeah. Um, so uh, before we move on, and we're in the kind of the home stretch here. Uh, so what? Just I, you're not. I'm not asking you to do the impressions, but <clears throat> who all do you do you do? We've talked about a few of them already. Robin Williams. Yeah. George W. Bush. Yeah. Harrison Ford. Alec Guinness at this point, or I guess just Alec Guinness mixed with, uh, you know. <clears throat> I don't know, man. I I just <laughs> I I literally. 
my mom, she's like, oh, you ought to write them down. I, I, I don't even know. You do a Matthew McConaughey, I know, right? I love Matthew McConaughey. Uh, there's ones that I've done at very at times where I'm like, to be honest, I've done just a lot in different mm-hmm. ways at different times. And if it's like a crowd of folk. You sure, know, like sure. If I'm, a, if I'm with a bunch of people who love Rescuers Down Under, <laughs> I'm going to show off. I can do about five characters from that film. If we're talking Gandalf, we're talking Lord of the Rings, you know, I can play with it. Star Wars, you know, I will go there. Uh, can you do a George C. Scott from Rescuers Down Under? Is that one of the characters you can do, or is it the other characters? Joanna. <laughs> Joanna! <laughs> Did you know there was a razor in the back of my truck? Hey, there's a razor in the back of my truck. Yeah. And you get back there and you do your job. Yeah. <laughs> so you're doing both of them at that point. You're doing Joanna and uh, George mm, C. Scott. Yeah. And I um, love George C. Scott. Jesus. He's, man, he's Seeing a, him on screen is yeah. brilliant. And you you look at that movie and you're like, oh, they just based the, char- the character design on George C. Scott. They're, oh, not even brilliant. Try- they're not even trying. Like, they've got the nose, the facial structure. And, uh... And when you hear a story, George C. Scott is what, like one of my favorite actors ever. He's so and, good. And he, what's funny to me is that, uh, you know, there are, he turned down roles. He was apparently not super easy to work with. And so you, you don't immediately think that like he would be game <laughs> for, for a, it's like talking mice in this movie. Yeah. I think I'm out. Uh, or like, I'm not doing that. Whatever. Uh, yeah, but no, he was, he, not only was he up to up for it. But he did great. He nailed it's it. It's a great performance. Easily one of my favorite cartoon yeah. villains of all time. He's just funny, too, as a villain. He's oh, yeah. actually hilarious. And it's interesting. Uh, I, don't, I don't actually know how old you are, but the fact that you are aware of Rescuers Down Under gives me an idea. Because that is not a movie people remember that much. Well, I can tell you why, too. Okay. And, and for other reasons, other than age, um, it came out. Same weekend, I believe, as Home Alone. Oh, yeah, that'll do it. And then whoever, this is what I've heard, Disney, whoever was in charge at the time for, yeah. for a lot of things, um, was so mad that everybody was just eking over to Home Alone on that first weekend or two. Yeah. They yanked uh, Rescuers. It wasn't in theaters for like but two weeks, I think. Hmm. And so they just didn't, it just... It's one of those lost on the shelves, you know, like uh, home yeah. video. Ver- you know, it's one of the few. There's like those Golden Leaf VHS, oh, sure, like, sure. classic yeah, yeah. Disney's, yeah. and that was one of them. But everyone's like, I don't remember that being in theaters, though. I remember those uh, on VHS. You know, they would have sort of the clamshell cases, and some and some <laughs> would say a Walt Disney classic, and some would say masterpiece, and and. and <laughs> And sometimes it would be like, oh, Little Mermaid, it says Masterpiece. And it's like, hmm, Rescuers Down Under, it just says Classic. Yeah. <laughs> like, all right, Disney's not pushing that one. Disney's not um, as proud. But, uh, and I mean, that's one of the better ones, though. I really like it. I think it's, <laughs> I think it's visually gorgeous. Visually, it's impressive, dude. Yeah. I, I, well, I've watched it this yeah. past year. Like, and the, the villain's scale and the way vehicle alone is a beautiful, it's totally unlikely. The but music. A, yeah. Um, there's just so much. The animation really is top yeah. notch, and they did a lot of work into it. Um, but it's a, it's, it has no business being such a brilliant sequel. The yeah. first one's like, man, it's fun or whatever. But like, even you watch yeah. it, and it's, and it's just such a large yeah. step up that it's its own deal, man. I do also think like it had the misfortune being released between Little Mermaid and Beauty and the Beast. 
And then the next year was Aladdin. And then I think two years after that was Lion King. And so like, it was just this Disney renaissance of like original material. And then this was a sequel to a lesser known Disney film of the seventies. I feel like just, it didn't capture people's imagination, which is unfortunate because it's still really, it's not like those. It's a different, there's no songs in it. Nobody's singing, you know, there. Yeah. I don't even think there is one song maybe at the end credits or something, you know, but you're right. It's, 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 yeah, it's a totally different, it feels Don't. it feels a lot closer to the other Disney movies of the mid '80s, where like they're playing down, you know, like rest, like Great Mouse Detective and yeah, stuff dude. like that. Whereas, <laughs> like if you would, if you would ask me just off the top of my head, like, hey, what came what came out first, Little Mermaid or Rescuers Down Under? I would instinctively say, oh, Rescuers Down Under came out first because Little Mermaid is part of this '90s renaissance. Right. It's like no, right? It was uh, Rescuers came out in between. Um, so uh, all you go watch it. Yeah, I really, really it's like it. Enjoyable. I want to watch it <laughs> right now, but I've got things to do. Um, uh, like, for example, finish the show. Um, but I do want to spend a few minutes. Yeah. Um, oh, before we this, uh, I will ask. Yeah. I'm not saying I'm not asking to embarrass you. If you do get embarrassed, that's a bonus for me. But it's not my purpose. Are there any impressions you've tried to do and you just can't? Oh, sure, man. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I do. I do them all the time, man. Sure. Even once I do do or whatever <laughs> I'm yeah. known for or whatever. That's the beauty of not caring about. <laughs> sure. It's not. I, I don't. I, this will be a shock to many. I don't go on tour. I don't do uh, a show. I don't do. I don't yeah. do a lot with impressions professionally unless it's for animations and stuff sure. like that or sometimes hopping in sketches and stuff like that. But. I'm not, I never dig for it. So like, I don't, yeah, there's times when my Robin might not even be that great. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm sure there's times, uh, because I'm not, I'm not trying to do that. I'm not trying to make sure you all know I can do it really, really well. I can do all these things so well because it's not my career. That's part of it. Mm -hmm. It's played a very large role. Yeah. But it's definitely not my uh, personal emphasis of trying um, to to capitalize on. And uh, with that said, yeah, I mean, there's a shit ton that I, I do yeah. and have done that are not good. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I've gone in and out of, like, one of them I can just think of is, like, just the other night I'm just having fun with, like, watching Dark Knight, or actually Batman Begins. And I'm just doing Liam Neeson. And I, I crack up to myself because I'm doing them, and then you hear it, you watch it, and then yeah, and then I I'm just I even like you know mocked myself. I was like, I know it's not that great of an impression, but you know, like <laughs> you, you, it's fun to be able to have that freedom of not caring. But all but amidst that, playing with it, exercising sure. it, you will get better. There was times yeah. when I was not good at all at Harrison Ford, yeah, um, at all. But then I would kind of play with it and yeah. then it would get better at times. Even right now, I'll go in and out of like nailing it, if you will, or whatever. Or, but Obi-Wan Kenobi, just playing with him all the time. Mm. I never really had a dead on Obi-Wan, if right. you will, um, until I guess recently. I mean, it's just because I played in and yeah. out of it and I just never really. I so, what know. you're saying is that if somebody made a taken fan film and they cast you in the Liam Neeson role, you'd probably be able to nail it because you'd have to work, because you'd need to. Yeah. Is that what you're telling I would, me? I'd probably be better than I would right <laughs> sure. now. Yeah. Um, so, uh, work on the necessary skills. You're getting there. That's, that's not bad. Playing, playing. Yeah. yeah. Um, because there's also like, 
I don't remember the last time I heard him just be fully Irish, but it's always he's always <sighs> a little Irish. You know, he, he's yeah. never able to lose it completely. No, yeah, know? it's in his R's or something. Yeah. Like, but um, <clears throat> so before we go, yeah. uh, Star Wars, where we are right now, because yeah. you are uh, among uh, among my friends and acquaintances, you are uh, someone who whose opinion I seek out. Yeah. The Star Wars world right now, and let's stick with movies because I don't have the energy to I, get into it. Yeah, I don't have enough you know. either for yeah. all the other stuff. It's like, yeah, I'm sure The Mandalorian will be great. If it's still happening, who even knows anymore? There's, I think it's happening, right? Yeah, Mandalorian for sure. Okay. Yeah, it's um, Disney Plus. That's right. Coming out prior to the to the last uh, Is ep- it really? episodic film. Oh, wow. So it, uh, For so, reasons, I bet. Uh, just in case the new episode yeah. sucks. And kill Star Wars off. Yeah. Nobody would want to go to the Mandalorian in the after. That's true. So I think they're just throwing it out there ahead of yeah. time, just in case. In November, when it when comes is, out. When is uh, Disney Plus launching? Do you know? Mm-hmm. Right around that time? November. Yeah. Okay, and so like Mandalorian is like their like flagship the thing. Yeah. Okay, got it. Um, so yeah, as so let's stick with the movies for the time being. What is your take on the current state of Star Wars? You have a mouthful of water. I will keep talking until you swallow it. <laughs> don't spit water onto my mic, please. All right? We don't have enough Patreon subscribers for me to replace it. <laughs> well, Tyler, um, it's a very interesting question. I, I don't know how to answer it except that I really love and fell in love with Star Wars with the, with the old trilogy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was in that, I got caught in that time period of time when I appreciated and enjoyed, uh, the prequels mm-hmm. for what they were. As I grew up, if you will, I noticed, you know, some things were not as well executed or, you know, as consistent with the quality that the OG gave us. But, but I still really loved the character's story, the overarching uh, plots that connected to all six. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I really appreciated the worlds still and everything. And that's something I haven't felt as strongly with the new trilogy is that it, yeah. it it's not as congruent. I mean, I pretty, I feel pretty safe saying that even if you like them, yeah. um, I don't know if, I think it's a safe say um, across the board. It's not, the new trilogy is not as congruent. Yeah. As um, the previous six. Well, when you have one person, he may not have directed them all, but he produced them all and directed many of them. And good or bad, you ha- you can point to one guy, which is George Lucas, and say, these he, six movies are his movies. He orchestrated that. And yeah. it's just like, I mean, so who's orchestrating it now? Kathleen Kennedy? Like, she's no Kevin Feige. Like, she, right. I don't know how much control she has over things. I don't get the impression that they are, I certainly don't get the impression that they're a singular vision, which is not the end of the world. One of the things I like about the first four Alien movies is that they're not a singular vision. Each director brings something new. Very. I feel like Star Wars, it's a little bit different. Yeah, you got to know it. Yeah. Anything, it's, it's so funny, man. It's so funny. Whatever you do, you have, to, you have to be aware of what you're hopping into. Yeah. 
a James Bond film. Like, like it's how I feel about it. it they're all should be different. Mm-hmm. Each one's kind of like yeah. a fresh feel. Yeah. Indy Jones is very fresh. That's why one of the many, many, many things that I would say is a negative on that fourth one is that they brought back old characters and tried to make you. It's one, of, it's one of the things that bothers me about the third one, to be honest with yeah, you. Yeah, like, yeah. like Sala's back, the Nazis are back, Brody's back. Like we're back to like Christian, uh, myth, uh like theology and sure, that sort of thing. Keep exploring and winding yeah. up. Of course I love the third one, but, um, the execution just happened to be very, very, very good. Yes. But I agree. I would have loved to, I, I, I love the middle, uh, Indy Jones. There's some, some things that are quirky that I would, I'd <laughs> knock out of there and I'd be like, Ooh, but it does excite me to see a whole new adventure and a whole yeah. new girl, a whole new, yeah. you know, it's very, that's how those are. I feel that's how mission impossibles are mm-hmm. star Wars, Lord of the Rings, yeah. whatever. The, there's also different beast. And yeah. You have to acknowledge it. I mean, you have to acknowledge that there's a, a through line feel, um, to certain franchises yeah. and it's, it's, it's that I just feel like a lot of that was lost. And like you said, Kathleen Kennedy, I, I, I feel like, you know, whether it's her fault or not, it is her fault. Yeah. Um, because she's at the top. She's the one who is yeah. making the calls, if you will. From what I understand, she's the head of Lucasfilm. And so, yeah, yeah I, I, I am not as happy as I think I could be. Yeah. Um, with with that because I'm it's not the Kevin Feige approach of somebody who's she's one of my favorite producers of all time she's done some of my favorite films sure. I, I can't I can't even name them all but they're also yeah. classic and stuff and then yeah it's it's like uh, I don't know I I feel like and this may not be fair for me to say but I feel like she brought in certain politics and certain unawareness to Star Wars yeah which, like you said, is not like Kevin Feige. Kevin Feige, from what I watch and what I've seen, he is very, very understanding of those worlds, those comics, mm. and source material. Um, and it doesn't seem like she is as much yeah. with that. And, and so, yeah. And, you know, it's interesting, the idea of, like, bringing politics in it. You can do that. There, there's per, There's a way to do it and make it work and let it show up on its own too exactly like if you if you lock into those characters first off i I think daisy ridley's great i think john boyega is great i think they're doing the actors are all doing i love the character of kylo ren and Mm -hmm. i love what adam driver is doing um so the actors are already doing a lot of the heavy lifting um but that's the thing is like with with secondary characters i feel like the the writers aren't putting the effort into them so that when you know I adore Laura Dern as an actress. Right. But that character, there's really not much to her except what she represents. Right. And that's frustrating to me. Like, when her her big momentous, like, death scene, her moment of sacrifice, boy, I wish it had felt... I, I wish I had known her so that meant something to me. Yeah, and it, it boils down to there's... there's you have to be frank about it, man. I mean, it's it's some of this is just poor writing, period. Yeah. These actors come and do their best. It's not their fault. Some, yeah. a lot of them, you know, and, and it's just like, what was the character that everyone gave heat? Um, Rose um, from oh, yeah. last year. Yeah, I mean, I'm going to say it right now. I think her character was very, very poorly written, mm-hmm. um, and in so many ways. And but I think she's, duh, you're not acting in those level films if you're a bad actor. Yeah, 
I like the I like the concept of the Rose character. Sure. The idea that like, what does it look? I mean, we're so focused on the fighters in the Resistance, which makes sense. But like, what if you're just a mechanic? What does that look like? Yeah. Like, you're not responsible for for killing anyone or protecting anyone. Your job is just make sure everything's running well. And that to me is like, oh, I. I love to see that perspective. I like to branch out and see more of the world. And I think the actress uh, whose name uh, Kelly, no, nah, nah, I don't remember, but uh, I think she does a great job. But yeah, I feel like yeah. the relationship between her and Finn is just, it just doesn't feel organic. No matter, as, of course as hard as There's the a act. lot of forced things in that. Yeah. No pun forced in. things? There we go. <laughs> All right. We had the same thought. That's nice. Yeah, we were there. Um, yeah, it's. Uh, it's a shame, man, because Ridley um, or uh, Daisy, yeah, uh, she is so good. I, I, yeah. I really was won over, and it's fun watching her audition tape. Um, it's yeah, that that first film, like, I just felt a lot of promise, a lot yeah. of things, and yeah. then it's a shame because she's a great actress, a great yeah. female character. Yeah. I was super into, yeah, and. And since they tried so hard to do weird things with her in this recent one, I, I'm like, man, y'all are shitting on your own, I guess, agendas. I don't yeah. know. I was hoping to just watch a damn good character and wow, awesome, yeah. it was a female. That was fantastic. What a testament to all that. Yeah. And it, it just let it be. Let it do. Let it yeah. just instead, yeah. There's, just a, there, there's a combo of a lot of different things and it's unfortunate for me I to think- watch. I think when the when this new trilogy is over, and that's to, to say nothing of Rogue One, which I actually liked quite a bit. I loved Rogue One. It's pretty solid. And honestly, because it's a one-off, I feel like they felt freer to do whatever they wanted to do, Yeah, um, which was kind of refreshing. And then there are things I liked about Solo, but that's one where they definitely didn't feel free. They needed to incorporate everything they could into in of the Han Solo mythology. But yeah. so as far as like the canonical, the chapters, you know, or the, pardon me, the episodes. Yeah. Um, so this recent the Skywalker trilogy, saga, because that's what would connect them all, right? Yeah, that's yeah. Okay, <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> Supposedly, I mean, that's what we were. I I guess kind of like what we were, and it's made kinda, to feel is that yeah. this was a Skywalker saga for the first six films. Yeah, these new episodes don't feel like that. Well, they don't I, feel I like really it. liked what I actually liked what they did with Luke in the second one. Like, I like the idea of him not being perfect. That him, he's like angry and bitter. Like, he's yeah. not Obi Wan Kenobi. He's a he's a an angry, temperamental character sure. who might have some wisdom, but he's also, you know, Luke was a much more emotionally driven character than Obi Wan Kenobi, and so like seeing him as an older guy that way was to me really exciting. There's a lot that I like about these movies. And I think there's tidbits of awesomeness and we're uh, like, yeah. And then they either shit on it or they don't explore it or they don't explore it. Yeah. And I think the one thing for me, when this trilogy is over, the thing I'm going to remember the most, because I think this is something that they've explored and I'm interested to see them continue is the relationship between Ray and Kylo Ren. Yes. And I don't mean romantic relationship, although it could wind up being that, but like this weird dichotomy of these two people that are young, kind of angry, kind of looking for their purpose, but still moving ahead anyway. Yeah. I 
I really like that. And that is probably going to be my big takeaway, which is not a small thing. But at the same time, like if that's your takeaway from three giant Star Wars movies, like they're, I think they're doing something a little wrong. And again, I liked Force Awakens. I like Last Jedi. but Sure. Again, but it's hard to look at these movies and see the title, Episode 7. Yeah. Episode 8. Now, if these, They all kind of feel like a one-off. They all feel like, like a one-off. Yeah. Again, well done. I mean, they're, 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 they are what they are. They're made well. I yeah. mean, they're super, there's all angles of awesomeness coming into these things. But, yeah, there's just, it's just certain inconsistency if you're, if you're slapping the episodic, you know, title on there that I, I don't get. And it's tough with something like Star Wars or any franchise that has been around for a while because on one hand, you want to give people something new. You don't want to just recycle things. But then on the other hand, you don't want to step on the toes of fans. And so it's, a, you know, they Stepping are Stepping is one thing. Well, Kicking yeah. Kicking them in the knees is another. But in my opinion, don't, you don't want to, I don't think you want to pander to them too much either. No. Although, although apparently that's what they want. So like no, when I saw all the, tra- the other movies were all different from each other. Yeah. From when I, I, from when I saw the trailer. <laughs> episode one through six. Totally different from each other, right? I mean, very much so. Like, I find myself wondering, like, new settings. If you were to watch, if you were to have a kid watch the Star Wars movies, not in the order of release, but in in Mm -hmm. episode order, (coughs) it'd be so fascinating to watch the kid's reaction when four comes up, and they're like, "Wow, this uh, world seems a lot uh, grittier." And uh, the stories aren't nearly as convoluted. What's going on here? What What's fun about uh, Star Wars is like. It's the ultimate franchise that people like me yeah, sure. and fans sit there and can justify anything. Oh, sure. They're like, well, no, it's because this, that, and the other. You know, they were all written at different times. Vader was never his father on the first movie. Yeah, of course but, not. But we can sit there and like play these fun games, and it kind of works oh, uh, yeah. for a lot of it. Except this new trilogy, it's, it's starting to get a little, oh, I can't justify these things now. It's like I don't even know what to do with it. The thing that, that gets me... So I saw the trailer for episode, what is this, nine coming yeah. up? And it didn't, you know, it looked interesting. It, and and this is how I know that I'm a more of a movie fan than a Star Wars fan. Yeah. You hear that Palpatine laugh. And I watched I watched the crowd at, at uh, was it Star Wars Celebration? Sure. Or was it D23? No, it was Star Wars Celebration. Okay. So I watched the crowd. They were excited. And then there's Ian McDermott. He says, roll it again. And people yeah. are super over the top. And they're thrilled. And while I do love Aaron McDermott's Palpatine, don't get me wrong, but my first thought when I heard that laugh was like, are you fucking kidding me? Oh, yeah. Like, they had no other thing to pull on. That's the, that's the problem is, first off, I do think that like by taking out Snoke, they're leaving themselves, as far as like a big bad, like they're kind of leaving themselves not, not a lot of room. But at the same time, like to bring back Palpatine, like, oh, come on, guys. Well, and that's the, you know, I think that's JJ's approach is probably what helps to make these episodic. What is going to help be the, the good guy all the way through, the bad guy all the way sure. through? Because, yeah, I mean, new characters are fun, but I mean, it's, they, they have to have who's been behind it all. Who are we been, right. what have we been rooting for the whole time? You know, what is our protagonist? I mean, what is through all of them? And part of the excitement for me, and I, it's, it's one of the things that I like about Kylo Ren as a villain, is that with the Empire gone, yeah, you've got the New Order, or the First Order, or whatever it is, um, 
you have that, but it's a galaxy in turmoil because nobody knows who's behind anything good or bad. And everyone's trying to sort of figure out like, am I in charge? Am I going to be that? That to me is exciting it from was a character and world standpoint, but then uh, just, but <laughs> it was exciting like, oh, the it was first this. movie. And then you realize maybe. they don't, at, at least it looks like they don't even know. They don't. That's, <laughs> so it's like yeah. we've wasted so like long movies to get nowhere. Yeah. I yeah. thought, okay. Yeah, in the first one, I was like, yeah. it was a long first act, if you will. Sure. And I was okay with that. I was like, whatever. Yeah. You know, I, I wasn't worried about her being so good at the force. I was like, this is going to be like Link's Awakening, man, for the second movie. She's going to have been trained. Luke put a memory thing capsule on her and, you know, then she's going to be realizing, oh, I've already got it. Sure. And we've had this history and now I've got to work with Luke to get it back and get and go help fight. Whatever. I don't know. I just thought that was definitely where they were going to go. And it was like, oh, no, no, there's just broom boys around the galaxy. And <laughs> and it, unlike the rest of the old films, even yeah. Luke Anakin, everybody had to train. Everybody had to hone yeah. their shit. They had to go to the academy. They had to hang out with Yoda and like yeah. practice. I mean, they had their instincts. Yeah. But you, you, you weren't just able to do the tricks unless you were honed in. And, and I, I just don't get that. I don't know why. And that kind of thing doesn't necessarily bother me. But I'll agree with you that like, it just if you are going to oddly enough, I think of you know, <laughs> this is gonna sound strange. The first few minutes of Saving Private Ryan. That is quite literally meant to be chaos, which means you have to have an even stronger idea of where you're headed. You know, in film and in art, unless it's an abstract painting or something like that, right. chaos needs to be even better orchestrated than order. And so if you're trying to make a, 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 a trilogy about like a galaxy in chaos, then you need, honestly, you need to have one person direct all three so that they know where they are headed. But right now it does at times, there's a lot, I, there's a lot I love about last Jedi, but it does feel like it's spinning its wheels a little bit and not really going in any direction. Mm, um, there's, there's, it's just goofy at, at times. I mean, I'm like, okay, well, who is he? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we've gotten two movies in, and I'm like, yeah. well, who are they? Who's that? Don't tell me. <laughs> Don't give me all these buildups and no payoffs. Yeah. I mean, it, it is like, Maz sits there and says something. What, Harrison's like, where'd you get that? You know, when she has the lightsaber, and it, she goes, that would be, a, that's another story for another time. I'm like, no, it's not. <laughs> it's <laughs> like, never got it. It's like, is the character stalling? Because she doesn't know the answer. That probably seems like the answer. Thanks, Maz. Well, I'll be dead by then. You know, whatever. <laughs> it's like, yeah, come that's, on. I will say, in many ways, like, don't get me wrong. The death of Carrie Fisher is sad for a number of reasons. But, boy, Han is gone. You And then you kill Luke. And then the one person that's left alive, is the not actor even, has passed away. It, that is... That is unfortunate. Now, thankfully, because of the because of the brilliance of Force Ghosts, it's like, all right, you know, <laughs> brilliance what? of Luke, anything. Luke's, Luke's still around. Apparently, we're making up new rules each time. <laughs> yeah, now, though. what the hell happened to Pavel? Again, we like seeing yeah. new stuff as long as it feels like it's yeah. congruent. Yeah. Uh. Uh-uh. Uh. I don't feel like yeah. the new stuff that I saw was earned. There's a lot I keep seeing that doesn't feel earned. Snoke. 
dies before I even knew a thing about yeah. him. And he's supposed to be yeah. like wicked powerful. Yeah. He's like more, he was doing stuff. He just fe- yeah. felt like, even I just, they did so many of that. They, they, did, they did that when they blew up five planets we didn't care about. Right. From a thing in the first of this trilogy. I mean, how cool if they saved that yeah. up for like Naboo or something. Like yeah. things that we've seen and cared about and we knew somebody was on it. I mean, that's what happened in, in A New Hope. We never heard of Alderaan, but we knew right. her dad was on it. Yeah. And man, that made us feel like. Right. And and frankly, I don't think I even totally knew that her dad was on it, but I saw her expression when it's happening, and that's enough for me. Like, it <laughs> Harrison, means something to her. When you watch the uh, Force Wing and you see the five planets blow up, and then you, it cuts back to Harrison and everybody looking up, he didn't care. He was kind of like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He just looked tired as he. Yeah, he You know, was, actually, he's giving. In the new Blade Runner and Star Wars, he's doing more than he's done in years. Bro, he did great in Force Awakens. Yeah. He did great in Blade Runner 2049. Yeah. I, I thought he should have gotten some kind of nom for, yeah. for that. But. So it would appear that like when he's playing the characters he's aware that he's familiar with, that's how you get him giving that energy. Though I didn't see that Jackie Robinson movie. I heard he was good in it. Yeah, he was good. Um, but uh, but yeah, so I'm interested to see how the trilogy how the trilogy is going to end. But I also feel like at this point I'm not going to be satisfied. Like I don't know what I want at this point, and that's okay. But it's one of those things like I don't know in how in one movie they could wrap things up, explain this is so new much things. They didn't get done in these other ones. Yeah, they just they they, they dabbled around a lot. I mean. They had so many good things. Like you said, there were so many good things they were playing with, but yeah. just just kept spinning off webs yeah. that you're like, well, I don't know. I don't know. And then like this movie, it's like, this is weird for me, man. The past, I guess I, I bought Force Awakens mm-hmm. and I bought Rogue One. Uh, Solo and uh, Last Jedi, I just, for some reason, I just didn't, I didn't, like I just didn't have the care. Yeah. I, in this movie coming up, man, you know, I used to get so wigged out for like upcoming Star Wars movies. Like yeah. I I'd need a pacemaker. I mean, like I was <laughs> I was like but I literally I'm just like, well, I'll catch it for this There's, coming one, you know? It's like it's it's you crazy, almost want to see it just out of obligation like, well, let's see how they end it. Yeah. You know? I mean, I, I, oh, like I just, I've told this story on the podcast before and it's vaguely embarrassing, but like when I was driving, I I had a ticket for an 11:30 show of Avengers Endgame, and when I was driving to the theater, I was having a physical response. I was so Excited, Like, it was a feeling of anticipation that I had not had for a movie, certainly, in a long time. And I was like, I've seen every movie in the MCU. We've been building to this for 11 years. We're about to see it pay off. I know that they're going to continue the story after this, but this is where it could end for and will for a number of characters. Like, you just kind of know that going in. And I'm like, all right, here we go. Like, it was an event. I felt it's, I felt kind of the same way with the last Harry Potter. Yeah. But, oh, yeah. Dude. But this one, but because these were based, these are characters I grew up reading in comic books, like, and the Infinity Gauntlet series was such a big thing for me as a kid. Like, I was so excited and I felt like a kid again. And I can't imagine people necessarily feeling that way with this new Star Wars. Um, you know, it's been, it's been at four years. So, 
four years and five, five movies over four years, essentially. 15, 16, 17, yeah, yeah. And, and even the most committed Star Wars fan, I can't imagine, is anticipating the, the, was it the rise of Skywalker the way I was anticipating Endgame. Like, I can't imagine it. Like, there are, there are Star Wars fanboys that will, that, that sounds mean. There are Star Wars fans that will love anything Star Wars, and even they, I have to imagine, aren't thrilled with, the new films. Yeah, I, I, again, I'm a fan. Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna watch it. Yeah, um, I'm even gonna laugh and smile and whatever. <laughs> but just because I laugh at Mark Hamill when he does a little goofy thing in Last Jedi doesn't mean I liked it for sure. what I. You know, it's just like well, I actually would have preferred if he didn't do that. But of course, the way he did it was funny. Yeah, whatever. But it's like there's also again that's a note. There's a lack of reverence, I really feel. Um, and I, man, if you can just get that, it just, yeah. it will stick around, man. It, it will, it will yeah. stick around beyond those first weekends. You know, it's like movies that we, we watch to this day now. You know, like when there was reverence there, we, we will appreciate it further down the line, man. I think that's the thing is, is and, and we'll, we'll wrap up, but... Um, the idea of further down the line, like in a way, you almost needed this this batch of movies. Like Disney bought Star Wars, we're releasing Star Wars, like we're doing everything we can, we're making our money, we're doing all that. And in doing so, we're alienating some fans, we're bothering other people, whatever. And it's to the point that you almost needed these films, which occasionally are really great and really watchable, but are often uneven and, and sometimes even mediocre. You needed those initially so that ideally Disney will take some time. Like after Rise of Skywalker, they're like, okay, we did this new trilogy and a couple movies in between. We saw how it worked out. Let's take some time. We're going to do more Star Wars movies, of course, but let's give it a minute. Let's give it a while for people to sort of anticipate Star Wars again, and maybe let's come up with a better plan this time. Mm-hmm. One where there is a central figure. It could be one director doing all three or something like that, or a producer doing it, whatever it is. But let's let's sort of fall back and regroup once this last one comes out. And then I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, in 2024 or something like that, they announce a new slate of Star Wars movies that feel much more unified um, because hopefully they will have learned their lessons from like the rollout of, of these. And those could be great. Those could be totally like on point. What's um, hilarious, dude, is it doesn't even have to have, again, I think they're doing that. I think they're going to go and do um, the old Republic or whatever. Um, sure. And it's like, that's way different. That's way years before <coughs> they can do that totally different. And it's, yeah. if they get it right, they get it right. Yeah. It will feel like Star Wars. And we're not even getting Yodas and stuff. Yeah. But it can still feel like Star Wars. Yeah. If it's just well executed and with the right reverence and understanding of what is this world. I mean, yeah. Um, okay. So we'll go ahead and leave it there. 
listeners, you can head on over to battleshippretention.com. Um, I'm recording this long before it goes up, so I don't know what's available on the website. Uh, I assume David will be posting Comic-Con updates and that sort of thing, but uh, but you can go to battleshippretention.com, check out all kinds of reviews, check out past episodes. Uh, please take a look at our Patreon. I'm, I'm actually quite proud of the content that we're putting out there, and once again, it's a way to support the show. Um, so, Jamie, the question is this. Hmm. You are an online icon. That's how I'm framing it. Uh, where can people find you and your work online? Well, only if they want. Um, <laughs> what are you like a like a, a, gra- a manipulative grandmother? Like, oh, don't bother coming by. Only if you want. It's fine. Uh, only if you want some cookies. Um, the yeah, if you just type Jamie Costa in, I guess uh, on the various. In, what Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, yeah, um, Twitter. You can scout me out, see if it's something you you want to follow me around for. And I would say, um, check out uh, Han Solo: A Smuggler's Trade, uh, featuring friend, also featuring friend of the show Doug Jones. Yeah, um, the nicest man to ever walk so the earth. Nice. Um, if you ever want a hug from a skeleton. <laughs> Just say one word to Doug and you'll get one. If you want to be somebody's puppy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, if you want uh, hands on your face unexpectedly. Um, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, so Cradled. it's a, it's a good, it's a really good film. It really, it, as far as fan films go and not of, as far as just movies go, it definitely feels like there is a certain reverence but also a feeling of, hey, let's do, there's a real sense of fun in the story as well. And so you would get to see Jamie's spot on Harrison Ford, um, but it's good beyond that. It's not just, hey, let's watch somebody do a Harrison Ford impression. It's let's watch this fun riff on Han Solo and Chewie and that sort of thing. So uh, that's available on YouTube, I believe, right? Yep. Okay. So check out Han Solo Smuggler's Trade and various other Jamie Costa stuff. Um, I'm very excited that I didn't accident that I didn't, you know, go out of my way to have you do impressions on here. But all that means is that if people want to hear if if they listeners, if you want to hear Jamie's pretty amazing impressions, you can go and seek them out. And trust me, they will be worth it. So. We can play right now, Tyler. Okay. All right. You know, what would it be like? <laughs> that, that's the big you thing. You want to hear my Obi-Wan Kenobi. Oh, that's, that's very, <clears throat> uh, that's very, um, <laughs> Ewan McGregor. That's really good. I love Ewan McGregor. There's various films of his I love. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Matt McConaughey. All right, all right, all right. Of course. Very breathy. Yes. And there's yeah. different stages, um, there is obviously Ewan McGregor. There's his Obi Wan Kenobi doing his British accent, mm-hmm. or you can do, you know, he's if he's if he's doing an interview, you know, he, he sometimes leaks into his Scottish yeah. accent, you know, which is a lot heavier than you would think because right. he doesn't have aside from Train Spotting, catch he him on Graham Norton, he is just <laughs> yeah, yeah, full, you yeah. know, and then Robin Williams, yes, he's back, <laughs> kind of. Um, <laughs> oh, that last part was sad. I know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, let's, I don't even know. Well, there's George I, W. Bush, obvious. W. Uh, sometimes Tyler lets me stop by. Uh, we like to chat, enjoy a good laugh. <laughs> oh, listeners, I wish, again, <laughs> I wish this were a video podcast. Because 
as it, <coughs> as is the case with a lot of impressions, but there's something about George W. Bush, especially like <laughs> the little smiles that suggests it's like. Yeah, a fun what are you chuckling at here? Or no. Somebody put it, uh, Frank Caliendo or somebody put it really funny, actually. It was just dead on true. Um, doesn't matter what he was saying. He was kind of smiling about it. Yeah. Recently, we found weapons of mass destruction. <laughs> I think that yeah. comedian mentioned that he was like, it was like he was just happy that he said the sentence right. That's what something. I was thinking is that like, <laughs> it's, it's not that he is a dumb guy. It's that right. he's just not a natch. He doesn't have a, much of a flow as a speaker. Right. So if he got to the end of a, of like a long sentence, that's pretty complex. Yep. It's just like, he's giving himself a little congratulatory smile. Like, Hey, all right, we, we're, we got this far. Let's keep going. Yeah. It's politics. I feel like these days, if I'm not mistaken, most people's politics don't even care as much. I mean, yeah, he, you can debate whether he was great or not. Sure. Um, but most people are kind of like him, you know, like it, especially yeah. now and they, everyone sees he's chummy with, um, Obi or <laughs> Obi-Wan. Um, <laughs> Obama, Obama, <laughs> Obama won. Um, and then, uh, yeah, it's just like, he, you yeah. know, you can't really hate him. You can maybe hate maybe his time or whatever yeah. his presidency. I don't know what your politics are, but you can love the man. He's kind yeah. of fun. He's, yeah. he has an innocence there. I think, yeah. And I've seen him on, uh, like talk shows and stuff. And I heard something a, a long time ago that I, really respect where someone he was doing an interview and it was like maybe one or two years into Obama's first term and uh, someone said like so how do you think this is going and he said you know this job is hard enough without the last guy chiming in oh, so like he, so cool. he went out of his way to to not because I'm sure there were things he wasn't happy about but it's like yeah. hey first off I left office not super popular but also like the people elected him give him time this is a hard job right. you know which is something like and he also he, like he's been doing like charity work with Bill Clinton. Like it, there's like yeah, the, the ex-president's club is fascinating to me because they're, you know, they're only they're only a few dozen people that have ever held this job. And most of them are dead now. So there's really only what at this point, what, five people, maybe only four. Yeah. That you can talk to about this and that have any frame of reference. Right. Um, yeah. It's it's really fascinating um, to see him these days. But uh, and, you know, everything in the same way. I remember people didn't really care for Bush at the time. And they said, you know what? He makes Clinton look pretty good. <laughs> well, now that Trump's out there, Bush is looking pretty good yeah, to a lot of people. It's true. So, um, yeah. Uh, so let's see. So we got, uh, and then you, you already did some some Harrison Ford in there. So, um, yeah, it's uh, it's really it's it's always a pleasure <laughs> watching you do these impressions because you do just you commit not just with your voice but with your face and your whole body, and it is really really fun to see. And it's like watching a magic trick in many ways because <laughs> I can't figure in the same way like a great magic trick. You're like, look, I know that this happened because the person worked on it, mm -hmm. but I have no idea how it was done. You know, everybody knows how certain actors talk, but mm -hmm. if you ask them to mimic it, they'd be like, I, I, I don't even know how to start doing that. Uh, so yeah, it is, it is a lot of fun. It was fun for me just now watching this and listeners, if that sounded fun to you, which it should, unless you're some <laughs> kind of old grump, uh, head on over to YouTube and, uh, check out Jamie's work. Jamie, thank you so much yes. for being here. Yes. I wasn't reaching to shake hands. I was just doing I this. I want you all to know I just shook Tyler's hand. Yes, he sure did. And <laughs> oddly clammy hands. Very, Very clammy. Yeah. It's really, it's, 
kind of gross anyway. Um, <laughs> but anyway, so thank you so much for being here. Uh, you know, we'd love to have you back on at some point. Cause I have so many, I have more questions for you, uh, because you know what it means being a vine star moving into a different type of, of fame. Yeah. And then you were on, uh, America's got talent. Oh, I want to know all so about that fun. experience. Uh, okay. Listeners. Thank you once again for listening. Jamie, thank you for being here. Indeed. And we'll get you next time. Bye. This program is a proud member of the Battleship Pretension Fleet.